Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Television Archive. The show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved medium. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Fringe. Today we will be discussing Season 4, Episode 5, titled Novation. Uh, Yet another very, very good episode that... uh, has got a lot going on. This is packed. They stuffed a lot into this episode. A lot of information, a lot of weirdness, a lot of big, pivotal plot points. Uh, We'll get into all that in a minute, but first off, we're still in alternate timeline territory. We're still in the early days of that. Still trying to figure out what's going on there. Uh, So we'll start with everyone's favorite segment, of course, Things! That are different. I gotta stop. I gotta stop with that damn intro. I gotta stop it. I keep I keep complaining about how bad it is, but I keep doing it. It's my own damn fault. Anyway, uh, so there's a few big things that. We need to bring attention to here with what's different in this alternate timeline. Uh, The big one. So, we hinted at this before. But they confirmed it now. Uh, Nina Sharp raised Olivia and Rachel in this universe. The Dunhams were raised by Nina Sharp because uh, Olivia killed her stepfather. And then her mother died. They went into the foster care system. And then Nina was like, you know what? No, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna adopt you. I'm gonna be your guardian. I'll raise you, blah, 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 blah. So Nina was Olivia's foster mother, essentially, which completely shifts a major, major part of the fringe dynamic. Because, like, now Nina Sharp goes from this mysterious figure. We don't really know where her allegiances lie. Uh, She's kind of a question mark. Uh, She is very secretive. And we don't really really know enough about her to say she's a good guy or a bad guy. She's gone from this mysterious question mark of a figure to just the... Safe person uh, to uh, essentially Olivia's mother to the reassuring parental figure. And it's just like to have that a a shift that large to have a shift that large with a single character is insane to me. And they pull it off beautifully. And I love this alternate timeline Nina so much. Alternate timeline Nina is, I think, one of the most underappreciated characters in all of Fringe. Like, they do some really spectacular stuff with her. Uh, So that is huge, to say the least. Also, again, this was hinted at before, but confirm it now. Uh, Walter has apparently spent the last couple decades hating Nina for intervening in uh, Walter's attempt to save alternate Peter, or 
as we know him, Peter, uh, on the ice. Uh, she went uh, on the ice, tried to stop him. If she hadn't been there, uh, the vial wouldn't have broken. He would have gone through with his original plan. He wouldn't have had to bring Peter back. He wouldn't have had to... He would not have had to bring Peter back. And they wouldn't... Peter wouldn't have gone under the ice and died. Uh, so he has spent years harboring this resentment, and he has that great moment where he acknowledges, like, it's where, like, I blamed you because I didn't want to take responsibility myself. I didn't want to acknowledge that this was all my fault, that I crossed the line. And he does acknowledge that in this episode and has that great moment with Nina. Uh, but Walter has carried around this resentment for Nina for many, many years, uh, also, apparently, uh, Fringe Division doesn't know what Observers are in this timeline. They've had no encounters with the Observers. The Observers have just been sort of not a thing in their investigations. They've just sort of sidestepped that entire thing. Which I guess kind of makes sense because a large number of the Observer encounters have been fueled by... Walter, having encountered our guy, uh, the main observer, all those years ago, and he didn't encounter him in this timeline. So, that sort of, that makes sense that they wouldn't have encountered observers in this universe. The observers wouldn't have gotten flagged as heavily in this timeline. Or at least they wouldn't have had any direct encounters with them. Uh, but yeah, the, the observers have just not registered. With Fringe Division this time around. Boy, is that going to change. <laughs> Without spoiling anything. Uh, the Observers. They become a bigger deal. As uh, this show goes on. So, if alternate timeline Fringe Division didn't know them before. They're going to know them soon enough. Uh, and that is it for Things That Are different <laughs> I hate it I hate it so much I need to stop anyway Peter's back uh this episode picks up right where the last one left off Peter returned he has manifested himself in this alternate timeline and no one knows who he is everyone is just like hey uh you came here out of nowhere with all this classified information, we don't know how you got it. We don't know who you are. You say you're Peter Bishop, but Peter Bishop's dead in this timeline. What the hell? And so, basically, we spend this entire episode with Peter in an interrogation room. Just trying to prove that he's not a threat, that he can be useful. Uh, trying to appeal to these alternate timeline versions of everybody. Uh, trying to figure out how the hell he came back and why uh, nobody remembers him. Trying to appeal to Walter specifically. And everything. Everything, everything, everything. Like, every scene with Peter in this episode is fantastic. They definitely handle the confusion around this event. From everyone. From Alternate Timeline Fringe Division. From Peter himself. Uh, especially from Walter, they handle it perfectly. I love the arc of Peter trying to get Walter to help him. 
because the machine erased him. And Walter built the machine in the future, in 2026. Therefore, Walter is the only one that can understand it enough to figure out what happened and to get him back to where he belongs. At least that's what Peter's thinking. And Walter essentially being like, no, I can't help you. You've you've been sent to tempt me I, to see if I'll make the same mistakes again. Like, I don't deserve happiness. I don't deserve joy. I don't deserve to see my son as an adult man. I tried to... Like, I broke two universes and killed the other Peter. Like, I, I, I am a horrible monster of a man. I don't deserve... Uh, any of the joy that my son being back would give me, I can't be tempted, I'm not helping you. And like this complete and utter rejection of Peter that uh, uh, that Walter gives off. Like, it's just, all of it. All of it's incredible. I also love that the only person willing to speak up for Peter is Lincoln. <laughs> I love it. I love that the only person who doesn't have an immediate, like, negative reaction to this dude randomly showing up and providing classified intel is Lincoln. I love it that, like, Lincoln's just the guy who's like, hey, this guy says he can help. Let's have him help. Why not? (laughs) What's the big deal? What's the big deal, this random person coming out of Raiden Lake uh, now... Says he knows everybody and says he knows everything and blah, blah, blah. Let him help. Let him help. Let him help. Why not? Let him help. <laughs> I, I, I just love that Lincoln is Peter's champion. <laughs> Why is Lincoln Peter's champion? Who knows? I just find that funny. Uh... But while all of this is happening, as if this isn't enough, honestly, this on its own could have carried an episode. They didn't need to have another fringe case. This could have just been it. But on top of that, they also put in the organic shapeshifters again. Uh, This one straggler, Nadine, she's still trying to solve the problem of human shapeshifter no work good. She's still trying to solve that problem, and she's going after this uh, former massive dynamic scientist who worked on this cellular cellular regeneration project. (laughs) I can talk good. Uh, But she's going after this guy. Uh, She, like an idiot, goes to... His wife's house, not knowing that uh, they're in the process of a divorce. Uh, So she attacks her, attacks her boyfriend and all that, and doesn't find anything. Uh, But she finally finds the guy. And captures him. The entire time, like, Fringe Division sort of got, uh, got wind of all this. With the murders at the house and have na- are now trying to track her down and all that. Uh, this woman goes up to him and is like, hey, your research worked. Uh, I, ha- I had cancer. I was terminally ill. But your work saved me. But I'm still dying. There's a flaw in uh, 
the thing. Uh, can you fix it? And the dude's like, yeah, sure, I'll help, I'll help. Just put the gun away. Like, Jesus, I don't do my work at gunpoint. Like, she falsely assumes that she'd have to force him to do stuff, and he doesn't have to be forced to do anything, and everything's good. Uh, there's a great moment at a gas station where she has to kill a sheriff. And that's all well and good. Uh, they go to this lab that they set up. Uh, and he's working on this, working on this, working on this. Is developing this serum. And then... Um, uh, during an episode of her decay, she accidentally transforms into uh, his ex-wife. And the dude's like, okay, now you, you're, now you may have to force me. Like, at, at this point, he has, like, a very violent reaction to this woman magically transforming into this dude's wife. And he's like, why did you look like my wife? Why did you look like my wife? What are you doing? What are you do? What is this? What is this? What is this? What is this? And she just kind of forces him to continue work on this serum while he definitely knows nothing she has said is true nothing everything she said is a lie uh there's some nefarious stuff going on here uh, at one point she uses his resentment of william bell against him because william bell shut down his project for ethical reasons uh doing the whole some t- things are not ours to tamper with some things are gods uh and he has this hubris of thinking what are you talking about what are you talking about i can do the thing and he kind of learns throughout this episode, oh shit, uh, I can't do the thing. I shouldn't, or rather, I can, I shouldn't. Uh, but this entire uh, captor hostage dynamic that is handled very, very well. The entire time, Peter, after talking about how he's decrypted shapeshifter memory disks in his day, uh, it convinces Broyles to allow him access to the memory disk that they have. And sort of crack it for information, sort of decrypt it for information. And Peter goes to work on it, goes to work on it. And we find out a few things about shapeshifters, about these organic shapeshifters. One, and I kind of mentioned this already, or I kind of alluded to this already, rather. They can shift into anyone they have ever shifted into in their history. Like, once they have a genetic profile, once they have an identity, it is stored there forever, and they can access it at any time. Unlike the original shapeshifters, who just one and done on every identity. You shift, you live that identity, you shift into a new one, that old identity is gone forever. And, uh, not only that, but when they shift into someone... They replicate them on a molecular level. Like, recreating their entire genetic code. In other words, short of performing surgery, there is no way to identify an organic shapeshifter. There is no way to identify a human shapeshifter. There is no telltale mercury blood sign. Like, there is no... Stab him a bunch and see if he bleeds silver. Like, that is not a thing anymore. Now, shapeshifter indistinguishable from the person they're shifting into. Entirely. They also have trackers on them. Which is very convenient. uh, Because 
they end up using it to track down Nadine and track her down to this lab. So we have this big final confrontation. Uh, Nadine, uh, Nadine takes this serum, like, right as our doctor guy's completing it and pushes him out of the way and runs. She goes on the roof. Uh, and it's a whole phenomenal sequence. Uh, she shifts into one FBI agent, pushes him off the roof, and then acts like, she jumped! She jumped and got away! And then, like, as <laughs> they're taking the dude away for medical treatment, she reveals, like, ha-ha, I'm a shapeshifter, and leaves and and escapes. It's a really phenomenal climax. It's a really phenomenal final confrontation. Uh, she's able to take the serum. The serum worked. Uh, so now they know how to stabilize the shapeshifters. They know how to get the organic shapeshifters in working order. Uh, she reports this via yet another quantum typewriter. Yet another quantum entangled typewriter. And they're like, cool. We're sending the others. So there's, like, we're about to get a flood of organic shapeshifters in this universe. We're about to get a flood of organic shapeshifters on this side. So, yeah. This is just the beginning. Also, side note, Olivia has a little bit of a weird time loop thing going on. Someone hands her a file and then hands it to her again. And, uh, it's weird. <laughs> it's a very weird moment. We're not entirely sure what it means, but it happened, and I had to mention it. Uh, but yeah. Solid episode all around to kick off Peter's return. Yay! Boy, alternate timeline stuff from here it gets, uh, it gets interesting to see how, like, original timeline Peter being alive and well in this alternate timeline where Peter was supposed to have died as a kid... It, it, it shifts up the dynamics of everything in a really fantastic way, and I really, really love it. So, it gets interesting from here. That's all I'm going to say. It gets very, very interesting. Uh, if you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives, so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as we go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in. As well, it's simple as just push a button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd, TomTom4468, and support the show. Patreon.com slash ThomasClark, pledge just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. If you become a patron, you can also get access to the Television Archive Supplemental, which I'll be putting up there once every month. Or, if that's not work for you, you can also support the show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Uh, Tomorrow we will be discussing Season 4, Episode 6. Talk to you then.